Hello, citizens of Europe. As spokesperson for SAPS, the Society Against PlayStation, I'd like to talk to you about a menace threatening humanity. It's happening right here, in our very homes, and corrupting the lives of our loved ones. Yes, friends, I'm talking about this. It may look like a harmless bagel toaster, but inside is a deadly donut. How do you know PlayStation is not a normal game system? It carries these telltale signs. Scientists say its effects are mind-boggling. Users lose all sense of reality and enter another world. Here we have a normal, healthy young man. And here we have a fellow who's been experimenting with PlayStation for only a few minutes. Proof that we saps must be on our guard. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Welcome to PlayStation Power. I'm George, and here is Greg to help me out with this podcast. Hello, George. It's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the podcast I've been wanting for, to come out from like months now. So, because I have a lot of affection for the PlayStation. So, of course. Uh, so, it's definitely, it's like, it's definitely a console that I, uh, that I definitely certainly have a lot of affection for. And I feel like somewhat qualified to talk about it, at least, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're qualified in a way that I'm not because you grew up with the original PlayStation, right? Or yes, I you did. You had it when it came out? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't get it when it came out. I was I was born in 94 and the PlayStation was released uh, in the US in 95. So uh, yeah. The PlayStation technically technically predates you because it came out in Japan like 94, so. Right, right. <laughs> um, but uh, adding to dates here, uh, it was also released in Korea in 96. But um yes, uh, I have more experience on the PlayStation 2 than I do the PlayStation, but I believe it's backwards for you. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's hard for me to say exactly which system I spent the most time on like over the years, but right. um, uh, I certainly, I certainly, um, I certainly have spent a lot of time, like a lot of time, the PlayStation, the PlayStation, and the games for it because I certainly love that console. Um, do you want me to talk about my history of the system now, or save it for later on the podcast? Uh, I think we should save it later. Okay. And um, funny enough, you're the host of the SNES podcast and <laughs> the PlayStation came from a joint project between Nintendo and Sony. Yes, it did. And that was the SNES CD. Um, funny enough, somebody somewhat recently found uh, the prototype. Um, do we know if it had any components inside or was it just a model do we know that yet or from what i read online uh this is uh that collector found one of several working prototypes because i have been because i have another because i have another prototypes like found in this like in the past right. uh he found he got lucky enough to locate to locate uh to locate a, a copy of this in the wild that apparently worked but from what i understand uh no games ever reached the actual the actual uh the actual testing phase Right, uh, so because, it's almost useless. <laughs> right, basically, basically, yes. Uh, it is, however, a fascinating piece of history because, like you know, during that time period, like in the early '90s, there was a huge push on multimedia and CDs. Right. Uh, CDs, 
uh, CDs had really had really opened up a whole new world, not only for gaming, but also for uh, education and for movies and for interactive stuff. And this is and this is and this is and this is during the time frame when all those terrible F and B games came out. <laughs> um, so and everybody so everybody was rushing to get a CD a CD add on. Uh, uh, like announced or announced release like the consoles. Uh, Sega had the Sega CD, of course. Right. Uh, Turbo Graphic came out. With the the, the, the Turbo Graphic came out with one that I believe was called the Turbo Duo. Um, well, the Turbo Duo was um, a built-in mm. Turbo Graphics sixteen and a Turbo CD, but there I believe there was an attachment for the original Turbo Graphics sixteen. I could be wrong, mm. but I believe that was the case that it was also an attachment. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Jaguar came out with CD. Uh, oh Jesus! Like that was the worst. That was the worst attachment ever. So the, Nintendo said, it's like, it's like, so yeah, Nintendo was saying for years that they were going to do a CD add-on like the system. Uh, it was supposed to plug into that unused expansion port that's on the bottom of the system. Uh, if you have a Super NES, if you flip it up, flip, flip, flip it open, like look the back. Uh, I'm sorry, on the bottom there's an expansion port that was never used for anything. Uh, the CD, the, the, the CD-ROM attachment was supposed to sit underneath it. And it, it was supposed to be a very flush-looking unit. It definitely looks impressive. Uh, it's like a prototype that they found. Um, so, right, yeah. but they also they also had um, a model in the works that had everything combined. Apparently, yes. Uh, that was, um, from what I understand, that never actually got past the drawing board. Whereas, like, right. you know, this actual unit... The PlayStation, the original PlayStation, actually, they actually did reach, they actually, they actually, they actually did reach a prototype a version. Now, uh, what interested Nintendo in picking Sony for this kind of attachment originally was um, Ken Kutaragi basically uh, selling Nintendo on using the Sony SPC seven hundred processor for the eight channel sound set in the Super Famicom slash uh, SNES. And uh, Nintendo was very impressed by that. Yeah, the Super NES actually does use a the Super NES actually does use like a um, a Sony processor like for sound. Right. So that very rich Super NES music like generated generated things like generated generated ironically enough I think just a, a Sony hardware. Right. Um, but the problem is uh, Sony was a little unfair with what they wanted <laughs> and um the contract was read over and hiroshi yamauchi realized that sony was going to be basically controlling this whole thing and uh, obviously nintendo does not want that at all nintendo is notorious over the years for having very ruthless contracts and like like being very cutthroat like their negotiations right so, but this is understandable that yeah Having Sony control their platform is a little ridiculous. Sony was just like giving Nintendo like his own medicine, and they didn't like it very much. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but uh, funny enough, they didn't say anything about this really. And they had um, Howard Lincoln announce this uh, uh, 1991 CES that Nintendo was working with Philips of all companies and dropped all the previous work with Sony. Um, it's kind of insulting to have um, the uh, Nintendo of America guy come out and say this <laughs> and not p the people from Nintendo of Japan, you know? And, and Howard Lincoln was not a too great of a guy working at Nintendo as well. 
Um, I'm not sure if you know about this. I actually have a lot of affection for Howard Lincoln because I think he did, really, uh, yeah, because yeah, because he has a long history like Nintendo. Like, I mean, he's the one who originally uh, his history of Nintendo go, uh, like goes all the way back to Donkey Kong, uh, like helping him to get that game going like, in the states and whatnot. And I think he did a lot for the company. Uh, you know, back uh, back in those days, if you listen to interviews uh, that they, they've done over the years, he's a very smart, very educated, very interesting guy. Um, no, he. I uh, know that he didn't do everything perfectly, but um, mm. I wonder if Nintendo of Japan wanted wanted uh, wanted Howard to make the bombshell uh, so that they kind of distance themselves, like in their U.S. branch, and like, being like you so know, he oh, can take the flag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like you know, we'll just toss you a bonus, like a bonus of money uh, contract this year to play play say this. So <laughs> um, Nintendo has always been a very smart company with a lot of their business. Um, uh, business decisions, like whatnot, uh, until until recently, but that's a whole other story. So, right, and right. you and Phillips and, and Phillips and Phillips and Phillips was not as, Phillips was a major company during this time period. Also, keep in mind, I mean, you know, Phillips Phillips had come out with one of the very first uh, CD-ROM players, and they were a, a very big company in Japan, bigger in Japan uh, than they were like in the U.S. So Nintendo partnering with Philips didn't come as a complete shock to me when I read that back Nintendo Power back in the day. Are they a bigger company in Japan because they're um, they're originally from uh, Europe? Oh, geez, Europe, but uh, ex- yeah, Magnavox specifically. Yeah. Um, crap, I knew this and now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Nintendo deal with Philips didn't unfortunately, like unfortunately, didn't go anywhere either because they. Uh, I'm not sure what happened in that case. Uh, unlike that, no idea. Yeah, unlike that proposed Nintendo Sony deal, there's there, there's very little information leaked out like over the leaked out over the years. Do like what happened? Um, but Philips did get the rights uh, to be able to make a few games based off Nintendo properties, like for their CDI console. Yes, jeez, uh, and that was horrible. Uh, Hotel Mario was actually it, it, Hotel Mario was actually a decent game. I'm not sure if you ever played it, but it's I'll actually give pretty you- fun. I'll give you that in saying that's decent, but the other games are most certainly. Oh, the Zelda trilogy? Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those um, are awful games. Isn't Hotel Mario uh, the game that had the uh, clips of uh, Mario and Luigi cutscenes or whatever? I believe so, yes. The gameplay is very similar to an old Bugs Bunny uh, uh, game where basically you're just going around going around floors trying to like you know locate people and objects by opening up doors and seeing what opening up doors and seeing what's behind them and trying to avoid enemies. Crazy castle. Is yeah. That what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but those videos started a lot of, uh, viral YouTube videos mm. and all that. <laughs> but Sony definitely had gotten their interest peaked by this, say a canceled PlayStation deal flame Nintendo. Uh, they still want to go ahead of the project, like in some way, shape or form. Right. So this is something that I didn't hear about. Uh, until recently, but like Sony actually went to Sega to try to make a standalone console and it was very quickly vetoed by Sega's board of directors in Tokyo. Um, you know, they said, that's a stupid idea. Sony doesn't know how to make hardware. They don't know how to make software either. Why would we want to do this? (laughs) But the thing is, so I don't, I don't remember when Sony was making games, but they, they had, what was it? Sony image soft. And they were yeah, making, they Sega were making CD games, games during this time period. Right. Granted, they weren't great games. No, they weren't, <laughs> but they were making games. And right. Sony 
But Sony had always been a very powerful, uh, a powerful company in Japan during the 80s, 90s. Uh, they're the ones who, uh, uh, Sony's the one who really, who really was the one who was behind the whole VHS platform. They're the ones who really gave it the whole shot in the arm. Sony's the one that came up the Walkman originally. Um, right. You know, Sony had a reputation for being able to make good, affordable, cheap hardware. So for Sega to say that to, uh, about them is kind of like a like a double slap in the face. Yeah. And now when I think about Walkman, I can't stop thinking about Metal Gear Solid Five. So, uh, <laughs> yep, that's where uh, cassettes have gone now to Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, you know they were. Uh, rejected twice but uh they kept powering through this and they finally made their own console and it went under the name psx um the playstation is a 32-bit machine and it's very impressive uh with its 3d capabilities um this this thing was pretty high tech at the time and you know every console that comes out yeah yeah it's high tech, but this was a 3D console. It originally rendered 3D games. It wasn't like a Super Nintendo where you have to do all this work just to get a 3D game to pop out. This game, uh, this console, you know, originally rendered 3D models. Um, that's 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 awesome. Now, um. We, we established that you got the PlayStation when it first came out. So you remember the original controller? Yes, I do. Uh, I, um, uh, uh, the original controller was very similar to the controllers that we know nowadays, uh, right. like on the more advanced PlayStation models. Um, it was really, I saw it as an evolution of the Super NES controller, basically, because like, you know, it was just simply a very, a very simple controller with like, you know, the four uh, the four buttons, the four buttons on the front with the two buttons which are start and select, and I like the D pad. I'm like, okay, this is all the same. the The only difference, the only difference to play your controller was that instead of having two shoulder buttons, like it had four shoulder buttons, right. and that was really pretty much it. And so, it had handles, so you can hold it a different way. Yeah, I never really used that very much, though. I mean, really? Yeah, just like how you know, do you hold the controller then? Um. Well, I. I well, I guess they were. I. I uh, like, uh, like for me, like for me, because I always had small hands. The, uh, the controllers. Well, I guess I used the hands a little bit, but they weren't. Uh, um, but I kind of put more. I kind of put like more of the pressure up higher on the controller. Uh, on the controller, like more under the, like more under the, uh, um, more under the top part of the controller, and not so much the bottom part of it. Like that makes sense. Oh, that's so, interesting. I've never done that before. Yeah. So. Yeah. But but yeah. Um, the controller design was very like ergonomic because like, it was very comfortable. It certainly is a great controller. Um, it's not, um, it's not my favorite controller of all time, but it's certainly up there. Um, and the and Sony's not really messed with the uh, messed with design since then. Well, they kind of have with the PS4, uh, with the DualShock 4, I should say. Mm, yeah. Uh, um, I like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not like. It's it's not a DualShock 2, it's not a DualShock 3. It's it, they added a flashlight and uh like a laptop uh touchpad to it. <laughs> it's like what is this? But I guess it's the future. So mm. Yeah, and it's important to note also that not only 
I mean, not only did the PlayStation come out uh, like a very powerful, like powerful a um, uh, like powerful um, uh, processor and the ability to be able to do 3D and that kind of stuff right under the hood, but the system mm-hmm. also launched at a very affordable, like affordable price. Also, it was much more cheaper than people had expected it. I expected to retail for. Uh, you probably you probably heard the story like about that famous uh, E3 speech. Um, like the Sony exec came on the came on the stage. And all he said was like two ninety nine, you know, like walked off. Like, like, oh, you know, right, right. I mean, it's like no, and he got applauded for like five minutes because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 pretty cheap. I mean, new consoles. It was hundred dollars cheaper than the Saturn other when it came out. Right. Well, the, play, the, the PlayStation, the PlayStation was definitely in direct competition, like the Saturn. So the Saturn, I don't know, first came out from the U.S. So that's like the price difference was a huge deal. Right, but it was out now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean the PS4 was um, the cheaper one of the current console generation as well. It was four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not too bad. But um, coming out with the price of the PlayStation, it was it was yeah, that was pretty good. Um, going back to controllers, because we missed this. Um, There's three different types. For mm-hmm. the PlayStation, um, well, four technically, but uh, we'll get into that later. So there was the original, which was just imagine like a, a Dual Shock or a Dual Shock Two, but without the thumbsticks mm-hmm. and the vibration. And then the Dual Analog, which added um, thumbsticks that came out in 1997, but the thumbsticks were caved in. Um. And then the DualShock came out in 97-98, and that added force feedback, which is vibration. And it changed the thumbsticks to a dome shape that was used for the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 as well. Um, Yeah, I must have got my console like 98, I believe, because we did it did come with a DualShock. And it wasn't like... Uh, because there's a few different revisions of the original PlayStation as well that uh, remove the uh, parallel port and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I don't have that on mine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've experienced with all the versions of the controllers, um, you know, because my because my PlayStation came with the dual analog style, but I had mm-hmm. played it over friends' houses when it first came out that had the original uh, controller with it. And the dual analog was very good, I thought. Uh, like, you know, those sticks were, they weren't, they were they weren't as comfortable as the as the DualShock model. Um, I think mm-hmm. the fact that they were shaped outward as opposed to inward was an improvement, uh, like the DualShock model. But the uh, but those thumbsticks were pretty good, and like you know, um, uh, and I didn't actually get a DualShock until about I finally broke down and bought a DualShock controller when Metal Gear Solid came out because that game really made big use of both the uh, both the rumbleability that the um, plus also the uh, uh, the sticks. I'm like, okay, this is enough reason to reason to show reason to show up the thirty bucks to get like the new controller. So, right. well, thirty bucks for a controller isn't bad, at least for today's standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but um, they actually reprinted games uh, to add support for the DualShock, and the, uh, the only one I can remember that they did that was Resident Evil, and they created the director's cut. For mm, that, yes, which was a much better improvement. Yes, I actually have a copy of that. I got it for cheap. Uh, it's sitting around here somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, because if you're going to have a 3D platform, 
uh, game, you're going to have a system that can really do uh, 3D, and PlayStation really was one of the first consoles to really be able to pull off 3D. Right. You really need to have a controller that, a controller that, controller that allows you to be able to move around in that 360 environment easier. And it's very hard to do if you're limited to a digital pad, whereas the analog sticks, at least uh, once, once programmers... Once the programmers realize that they need to map the controller camera, like to the uh, the thumbstick, because the first games didn't do that. But once they actually figured that out, uh, being able to navigate around those open world 3D games was much, much easier like at that stick. Oh, yeah. Cameras were horrible back in the uh, day. Yeah they, were, yeah, they, yeah, they were terrible at first. It, it took a while like, to make the hang of it. Right. So now these games were printed onto CDs or CD-ROMs. I should specifically say. And um, that was a great improvement. I mean, CDs can be damaged easily and there's always read errors and whatnot. And cartridges are technically better, especially with load times because there are none. But the thing is with CDs, the maximum size for a game was now up to 650 megabytes on each disc. And that, was, that is an impressive improvement over cartridges. Not to mention the fact that CDs could also be uh, uh, manufactured, manufactured and printed and duplicated uh, like a lot cheaper prices too. Right. And there was no such thing as a chip shortage like the <laughs> NES had, which was a major problem. But, um, but these CDs were different because... Uh, the PlayStation games had a black bottom instead of like the silver color that normal CDs had. Um, and game progress wasn't saved on the cartridge either. It was saved on a memory card, which basically was a cartridge, <laughs> but you were able to remove the memory card. And, you know, if you went to a friend's house and you had a game that utilized both saves in some kind of way, like maybe like Gran Turismo, where you moved the car to your friend's garage or something, you know, you're able to just take the memory card and not worry about losing the game or anything. Yeah, you would lose your save, but at least you wouldn't lose the game. Memory cards had memory cards certainly had a lot of both the pros and cons because I'm, uh, uh, back in those days because like right. it was it was certainly a way to it was certainly a way for Sony to keep this like Sony to keep the costs of the core system down because like because in those days uh, SSD memory or flash memory wasn't. Like, uh, really wasn't available and for them to include anything like that as part of the console would have really jacked the price like a different the, the, the price of the console but the price of the console like by a huge deal right. so this was a way for this, like this a way to help get the system cheaper while also making uh available additional funds because to be going to play anything 90 percent of the games out there required you to save so you had to have a memory card and i remember um and i think remember that these the that the that the official the official Sony Sony ones, which had 15, 15 so called memory blocks, um, we'll yeah. probably talk about here by a little bit. Uh, games games could take up various amount of memory blocks to save depending upon like what kind of game it was. Right. But, um, but yeah, those memory yeah look yeah those memory cards twenty bucks brand new. So you had to show like so not only not only so not only did you have to get usually a second controller of the system not only. Did you, not only did you have to buy games the system, you also had to, you also had to, you also had to show additional money like memory cards. So it really started the whole practice the whole practice of nickel and diming consumers that that is unfortunately continued uh, like up the present day. 
But they, um, I tried to I tried to mitigate some of this by buying one of those a um, uh, third party uh, what were called a stacker stacker memory cards where you could like. Uh, where the memory was paged and you could have like upwards of like, you know, like a thousand blocks, like on a memory card. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, like about a year after having it, it just suddenly died like one day and wiped out all my progress and Final Fantasy 7 and a whole bunch of other games. Right. So I was and that's, not, so that's I was a not big pleased problem. about that. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the games, the bigger the problem that you lose your save. Yes. There were some sports games, sports games I remember, I remember they took up an entire, I, I they took up an entire a memory card uh, just like one save. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah they did so. the, the stuff like that happened with the GameCube as well, where like a game would take up like 65 blocks or whatever they were called. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I only have like one PlayStation memory card and I'm, I'm only using it for like a, a few games, but um, Ooh, if I lost uh, some, if I lost some of those saves, it would be pretty devastating because uh, one of the game, one of the games in there is uh, Breath of Fire three, and I don't want to lose that save. The official, the official Sony Sony memory cards are, are very good quality. I, I mean, I have friends, I have friends who still have cards cards of twenty years old, and they still work fine. Yeah, so. I see. I only found a um, third party one because uh, we we do have a few uh original uh like a sony branded one but the only one i was able to find was a third party one that we had since you know like the late 90s so and i believe there was some kind of limited compatibility with the ps2 memory cards uh the playstation i'm trying to remember exactly how that works um so you were able to use playstation one memory cards for the playstation 2 to save playstation games but not playstation 2 games Ah. And PlayStation 2 memory cards were obviously only able to be used for PlayStation 2 games. But they were bigger, like a lot bigger. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually have a third-party one for that, and uh, it's humongous. Mm. Because I have like th- I had like three memory cards worth of data, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I have to keep swapping cards. So now I'm still swapping cards because some games don't recognize the third-party one, mm. which is weird. But um, it, the swapping is much, much less. He doesn't have to swap like three different cards or whatever. Yeah, we are we are spoiled these days by modern consoles. My modern consoles that have like built-in hard drives. Oh, uh, definitely. Like, yeah, we don't need to like, worry about that like stuff on a regular basis. No. But yeah, I used to have like I used to have like five memory cards and be like, okay, this one's for this <sighs> game, this one's for this game, this oh. one's for this game, and. You know, I keep them all stacked and neat, like right next to the station system. Like, okay, like what do you want to play? Okay, popping, you know, popping this game and popping this memory card, and you're ready to go. So, <laughs> yeah. So what's really cool about the PlayStation? Uh, it had an accessible BIOS, and you were uh, able to manage your memory on your memory card, or even play audio CDs. And even if you put in a PlayStation game, you were able to uh, play music off of the game. Which was really cool, and you were able to do that for things like the Saturn as well. Yep, not the first system to do this, but certainly like one of the best ones to uh, the best ones, the best ones to be able to implement it. Of course, so, yeah. Yes. Um, now the PlayStation had an overhaul, and a new version came out in two thousand, and that was called the PS One. And a lot of people like to call the PlayStation the PlayStation One, but that's basically incorrect 
if you want to get technical because the original is the PlayStation and the new one is the PS1. Um, but the PS1 was actually white. It was much, much smaller than the original. Uh, the power button was also labeled as the reset button. So it had like a dual function. Um, the power supply was not internal. Uh, you actually had to plug in a proprietary cable into the console and the system menu graphical user interface was changed to a gray blocked background with two icons, memory card placed on a red bar and a CD player placed on a yellow bar. Um, and this new revision added protection against the use of mod chips. Um, and that prevented people from pirating games or playing games of a different region, which kind of sucked because importing a console is not very fun. Mod chips were a big, big business back in those days. I almost bought my system they, once. They still are, basically. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to have mod chips for these new consoles for quite some time, I'm sure. But we have mod chips for um, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, where the Xbox 360 is a big, big market. Um, I'm waiting till the 360 market dies down and it's like, uh, you know, I'm waiting till the, the market actually specifically dies and everything's not supported and I'll wait till I mod mine so I can load games onto it and, and, and all that because, um, you know, it's obviously not right to do it when it is still on the market, mm -hmm. but, um, I ha actually had, a, I have a modded original Xbox and that is, uh, amazing because mm. I'm just able to load up whatever game I want that I have saved onto the hard drive yeah. and all that. But um, no more Xbox, PlayStation time. <laughs> uh, there's another reason also like why the there's also there's also another reason like why the PS One was a lot smaller because not only uh, because not only did they take out the uh, the power supply a lot of, but a lot of folks don't realize this these days. Um, if you look at original PlayStation, PlayStation, there is actually um, uh, there's actually there's actually some a um, uh, some uh, there's also there's also there's also a um, some of the some of the uh, internal wiring and parts were also minimized and shrunk down because like you know newer technology and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so Flex Flex is able to shrink it down. Much the same way that uh, you know all systems which have been released, they've been able to shrunk down to sh shrunk down, shrunk down just because of the evolution of it. Like the but, PlayStation uh, Two, right? We'll get into but, that later. But but this all started the trend where like you know power supplies went from being part of the systems to like being external, ex external, ex external things, which is which is which is how all systems are released today. I mean mm -hmm. the, um, uh, the the uh, the modern PlayStation and Xboxes all have like uh, the, uh, like all have uh, like all have external external power supplies. Uh, and, and there's good reasons for having the power supplies external because, like you know, I'm sure you heard the whole stories like about Jaguar people who actually would plug in, plug in a plug in an AC, uh, uh, an AC power like in a DC power supply and then go zap. So, uh, had yes, internal, I've heard horror stories about that. Having, uh, having the external power supply minimizes that danger. So, and I have two Jaguars, so I need to watch out for that. <laughs> but yes, um, and uh, it, you know uh, the revision also. Uh, cut off use of uh, the Game Shark, which uh, stinks. But I never used a Game Shark. I never had one, so uh, I never used one either. Because which is kind of funny because I was a yeah, because back in the day I was a you big were a user. big cheater. Uh, um, I used, 
Uh, I use my Game Genie quite a lot for my NES and Super NES, yes. Cheater. But, you know, I didn't, I, I, I never used it for that purpose. I, I always used it to be able to get more, like, more gameplay out of my games because, like, you know. You put it, in a random code and see what it does. Uh, there were some great codes, like, for those games. That, you know, they really allowed you to be able to do some really weird, like, some weird and wacky stuff. Right. But by the time that the game started to come out, it was more like about more. Um, there weren't as many codes codes available for the Game Shark as it was for the Game Genie because the games had changed obviously, and just you know, by the Game Shark time, they more become like okay, this would give you ninety nine lives, this would give you lives, this would give you like you know, uh, like invincibility. There wasn't any something. Uh, there wasn't as much of that bizarre weirdo stuff that you could do with the uh, Game Genie, for example. But, well, the Game Shark did have a really cool thing about it because. If you put in the right codes, you were actually able to play a different region game. That's right. I, there, yeah, I remember hearing about that, like for some models. So, yeah. hmm. but uh, yeah, I have, I have my original PlayStation still. It's in like perfect condition. I haven't booted it up in a while. I'm sure it works. Um, and then I got maybe last year I got a uh, PS One. And uh, it's it's really nice. It looks nice, and mm. the controller is a little bit different because the controller is actually like pure white, and it's not gray. Mm. And uh, the thumbsticks are a different shade of gray. Um, and the shape of the plug that plugs into the PS One is more rounded instead of being uh, rectangular, which is an interesting change. But um, it's mostly it's just basically. Uh, aesthetic so uh but what's really cool is sony released a five inch lcd screen that uh plugged into the playstation or the ps1 and uh, you were able to play games on the go or play games if you didn't have a tv though uh is really cool I actually had one of these like for a while. Um, I bought one at Walmart, uh, the combo pack, which included both the PS One and the like and the uh, like and the LCD screen as oh, part of it. Oh. Uh, they were blowing them out for like you know forty bucks. Oh, I wish I could go back in time and buy like <laughs> three. And yeah, you know, I played that for several years. I mean, that screen is very very small, so you can often like to minimize the games you play on it. Um, but, but it's nice for traveling in more. Yes, uh, yep, it works great for portable playing. You play that Final Fantasy VII on the go. Well, I mean, well, you can do that now. For, RPGs have... were a game that didn't work very well on that small screen, I think. Uh, really? Anything required reading, forget about it. Well, how big but, was the PSP screen? Because I play, uh, I have like Final Fantasy VII on the PSP. And let's see, I have a PSP right here, but I don't have a tape measure. Oh, wait, no, I do. <laughs> But yeah, but the difference of handhelds, the, the, the five handhelds, inches, <laughs> the difference of handhelds, like, it's like that you can adjust how far away the handheld is, like in your screen. Um, I uh, sorry, like you can adjust the adjust the distance, like in your face to the screen easier with a handheld. Whereas, yeah. like you know, with this thing, is like you know, it, it's kind of harder to do, <laughs> like the, you know, the PS One screens. So, I don't know. I'm gonna argue yeah. that it would still be fine playing mm-hmm. an RPG, but yeah. You have personal experience, so all right. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're also able to plug it in. Yeah, and you're also able to plug it, to plug it like your car's a cigarette, a, a cigarette plug yeah. to power it up, uh, and power up like while you're somebody who's driving and play it in the car. So that was oh, also great. Man, I need to get one of those screens, and then I can <laughs> just play like uh, whatever I want on there. If we ever like drive down to like a uh, floor or whatever. There are third party screens made also. Like, are they- 
Probably more seeing those uh, too. I'd rather go with the the real thing, the real mm-hmm. deal. I do have a third party PS2 screen, but it's not so great. It's mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that plug that, and the problem is it only mounts onto the fat PS2. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So it's like ooh, it's iffy, but like. It works, so I guess like I'd use it if I had to travel or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that LCD. I remember actually seeing it at a Toys R Us, and I really wanted it. But then I saw the console under it. I was like, "What is that? What is that thing?" <laughs> you know, because I was a kid. Yeah, I was like uh, five years old or whatever. Curious side note: uh, Have you ever go to a store or flea market and see all the Famiclones that they're selling? Like, there's like cheap, like clone, like thousand games and one things built in with like I NES Atari games. The most popular, the most popular shell for them to use, like the PS One shell. Right, I've seen. <laughs> yes, I've seen that before. It's um, like you know, wait, wait. Yeah, look at it go. Like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> so what's really cool? I know this is a little off topic, off topic, but uh, one of my favorite family clones is a Russian family clone called the Dendi. Yes, I've seen one of those. I have one. Uh, it's a more modern version, yep. but it still takes games. It looks like the original, and it has games loaded onto it. Um, and oh, like bootleg uh, Famicom games are the best because they're just so silly. But um playstation uh you yeah you, there was also a headphone jack for that that screen going back into the screens uh which is really nice um now the launch games in north america for the playstation were battle arena toshinden espn extreme games kill leak the dna imperative nba jam tournament edition power serve 3d tennis the Raiden Project, Rayman, Ridge Racer, Street Fighter, The Movie, and Total Eclipse Turbo. None of those games are games that you play nowadays, but I remember these games were... I remember these games were quite popular uh, like when the system first came out. It was a very good, very strong launch, uh, launch library, I thought. I'd and then, like, you know... Rick- Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer sold a ton of PlayStations. That was a that was a damn impressive game. I, w- I would say the Ridge Ridge Racer would be a game that people would go back for. Ah, the modern ones are a lot better. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I like to see where all that started. I actually bought a copy of Ridge Racer recently. I didn't pop it in yet, but um, there are a lot of people and some of my friends who think about PlayStation uh, primarily because of Ridge Racer. That was that was the that that was the really killer app of the system. I don't even know why we got a PlayStation. It wasn't my decision, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, the PlayStation was the uh, last console that was for like the family, I guess, because mm. we did have an NES and a Genesis, and we played that before we got the PlayStation. We played that quite a bit, and we played, you know, uh, the first three Super Mario Brothers, and we played Arnold Palmer's Golf, and I'm not even joking. But we played that on the Genesis. And we had Sonic the Hedgehog and all that. But uh, the, the NES Play- was more popular for us. Right. The PlayStation was also one of the first major consoles to launch that didn't have a packing game. Uh, you know, they right. were one of the ones to buck the tradition of always having a game included at the console. And so that what you got with the system like a demo disc uh, that came with the, uh, the head, uh, that I believe that you play four, four games uh, of the launch library. Um, they weren't complete versions of the game, obviously, but they did have. They did allow you to play like you know one of the levels 
uh, as many times as you want to, like whatnot. So, right, right. Um, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the Jaguar uh, and the and the Genesis and the Sega CD with the last major system to, to major systems to really ship with a game uh, because the PlayStation didn't, the Saturn didn't, and very few consoles since then have launched with a game. Uh, the fact that we came, like we sports included, was amazing to me because I'm like, you know, they're actually putting a game with a the console these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, but uh, yeah, PlayStation games, PlayStation games originally originally came out in those big black boxes that were like, you know, like uh, that were that uh, that were massive sizes. Right, um, the the re- the rectangular cardboard yes. ones, and those games. Yeah, in those cases, are very much sought after by collectors these days. Yes. Um, and then several months, several months after the system came out, like when they changed over to the more familiar CD CD jewel key style that most yes. of the games are released in these days, which break easily and it's very so they do break easily, unfortunately. But um, um, but yeah, and they uh, but because CDs were cheaper to manufacture than carts, they were able to release these games were cheaper than like Nintendo. Uh, like do like their games. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember most PlayStation games, brand new games coming out for like fifty bucks sometimes. But like sometimes, uh, but very few games for fifty bucks. There were there were a lot of games that came out like forty bucks. Right, right. Um, and it didn't take very long for price for, for, for it didn't take take very long for price drops to happen either. Um, later on, later on, also later on, also in system's history, uh, Sony came out with their own greatest hits uh, line. Like Nintendo had been doing like their games. Um, and they reprinted a lot of their popular games for twenty, um, like twenty bucks, brand new. So, right, right, and they still do that to this day. Well, yep. I don't know about the twenty bucks part, but um, so <laughs> yeah, like you know, the games were definitely about a lot cheaper and affordable to have. Because I also had an sixty four during this time period, and I'm like, you know, I can get like two two PlayStation games for like the price like one, you the price like one sixty four game. So right, that's right. and as a starving college student at the, during the days, that made a big difference on me. Oh yeah, but you know, when you were in college, what was the most popular between everybody? PlayStation, definitely PlayStation. Of course, yeah. I would think it would be. Um, yeah. So as of June thirtieth, two thousand seven, a total of seven thousand nine hundred eighteen titles have been released worldwide. I mean that that's counting. Games released in multiple regions as separate titles, but um, almost 8,000 titles. That's insane. And um, as of March 31st, 2007, the cumulative software shipment was at 962 million units. The last game released in North America for the PlayStation was FIFA Football 2005, which is kind of funny that they didn't call it soccer. <laughs> but, uh, no, they never have, because, like, you know, like a. Um... Uh, because the FIFA series has always the FIFA series is originally started out being named, you know, being named the Europeans primarily. So, um, oh, okay. Uh, okay. The first releases didn't even come out like North America. So, which but, would make sense because yeah. soccer isn't really that popular over here, right? But it's popular enough apparently. Hmm. But yeah, so like you know, ten years they made games like the system. That's a long lifespan. Uh, there's very few systems that have had lifespans longer than that. I PlayStation that, 2, which PS2, was 11 years, I believe. Yep, the PS2 and the Atari 2600 were the only systems I, um, right, the, with, with the only systems that had that had a. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Actually, the television had the television had games come out for longer. 
because that system had games come out from 1977 to when the system came out originally. I'm sorry, 1979 with the test launch, right. and then the last game, the last game came up. The last game for, for, for came out in 1990s. That was also like 11 years. So, um, it, but so it was one of the longest lifespans of consoles, which is. But the fact that it did it in the 90s and 2000s is even more impressive because consoles and consoles these days don't have as long lifespans like they used to. No, they don't really. But the thing is, like, these consoles are also being messed up with all these updates and stuff. <laughs> like, Sony can't. Sony back in uh, the 90s, the late 90s, can't say, well, uh, hey, we're going to put out this patch for the PlayStation that's going to give this, this, and this. But, oh, the hardware is going to run slower now because it's bogged down with all this new stuff. <laughs> uh, which they did with the 360, basically murdered it. But, um,. So, the games that I remember playing on the PlayStation were games like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and Herc's Adventure, uh, you know, Crash Bash, Spyro, Twisted Metal 2, stuff like that. Uh, what do you, what do you, uh, what was your favorite games playing on the PlayStation? Oh, gee, um... The I'm role sure playing, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the role-playing games, definitely. Because PlayStation had a, PlayStation had a great role-playing library. I mean, oh, of I course. Think, I think even... Like I, like, I love the Super NES, but I think the PlayStation they even had better RPGs than the Super NES did. Uh, both those systems are really great systems to have, for, like have role-playing games. Because, um, because it was Final Fantasy that convinced me to finally go out there, like, you know, go out there, like, buy a PlayStation. Because... Um, because this isn't came out I was in college and of course and of course money's very tight for you when you're in college so um, I was still playing my old you know playing my old Super NES and my my, my PC games and whatnot and I was like you know I don't really have seen the incentive to go out there and show up the money to buy the system because even though I played at a friend's house I was like okay it's a nice system you know these 3D games are pretty good but you know there's library out there that it ruined the there really wasn't anything out there that was must buy from me until Final Fantasy VII came out. And I'm like, okay, that, that would do it. So I still remember it was a snowy day. I went to college in Plymouth State College, New Hampshire. And, it, and in those days, it was in those days, it, it, it's a bit better now, but in those days, we were like in the middle of nowhere. If you want to actually get to a city, you had to, drink, to, to a city to actually like, go to a mall or actually be able to find good places to eat or that kind of stuff, you got to drive a good 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, to get to the city, so I remember. So, like, so, like, so I still remember. It was a snowy day in February of in February in February of ninety eight. I finally like got some friends together. We, we we got in the car. We drove down to to Concord, New Hampshire, like uh, the, uh, the closest city, and I went to a um, I went to an EV and picked up a brand new PlayStation. Um, the, I picked up a used copy of Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven, and I also uh, like I also bought a. I also bought a brand new copy of Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Ooh, very nice pickup. Which is another game I was interested in. So, and I played the living crap out of those by two games, uh, like for a like for a long time. And then like, and then a few, and within a few months, I picked up a few other games. Uh, sports games were also huge. Were also huge in PlayStation. I mean, like right. you know, I loved, you know, I loved playing the Madden games and like you know, like uh, FIFA and some of the other. Uh, or, like the racing games and the golf games. You know, like in college and grad school, we always like. College grad school, we always like get together on the weekends and on the weekends to on the weekends to play Madden like or whatnot. So um, the PlayStation, PlayStation really had a lot of great sports games for it. Um, some of the platformers, were, 
Uh, some of the, uh, some some platform games for the system like are very good. Um, uh, Spiral you mentioned uh, that that you enjoyed was a fun game. Yes. Uh, Croc Croc was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed the Tomb Raider games. Uh, like I thought those games like like I thought those games like you know, I thought those games like very very impressive uh, because they typically you know, they both like good they both good use out of the controller like and also out of the uh, the graphics. They didn't really age that well though. Well, none of well let's let's be honest none none of the PlayStation games like age very well. I would like, you know I would that, argue the, with that. The vast the vast majority of those games look terrible today. I mean, I mean the gameplay still solid. You can get past those graphics, but you know like. Final Fantasy VII, you know, great example. The game, you know, the game's still fun, but it's still fun. But you look, you're going to play it now, and you're like, Ugh. so it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, I always appreciate graphics on the PlayStation. I mean, they're 3D models. Like this is like the first time. Yes, yeah, so it was like a real thing. Yeah. yeah, it was certainly impressive. Impressive, like what the system was able to do. Um, and you know, and you know. You know, back then, you know, those graphics were certainly like amazing. They certainly were better than anything else that was out there at the time, because like you know, um, because you know, I also picked up an SD4, like then later on a GameCube, but I only had like a handful of games like those systems. Mm. Whereas PlayStation at the peak, I probably had uh, PlayStation my my, 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 uh, my PS library at the peak, I probably had about like forty, like forty, fifty games. So like you know, oh. I had a huge library and a. Um, I finally, I finally got rid of my, uh, and so I finally got rid of my PlayStation in two thousand two. After, uh, like after I got my, um, I got my PS two, uh, and the, and also the, and also the, um, the, uh, the disc drive tray was starting to, was starting to crap out of like my model. It was. Oh sticky. really? See, it was becoming sticky. Like it wouldn't open up. Like, like it wouldn't open up in the first push. You, you, you had to like, you had to like fiddle with it. Like to get it open up. What did I tell you about feeding the PlayStation peanut butter sandwiches? <laughs> Yeah, no, mine mine would get stuck a little bit too. I think that was a common problem with the uh, the the tr- tray. I guess you could mm. call it. I don't know the the door for it, it would get uh, the bottom would get stuck uh, to open it and it stay open. The PlayStation was also for system side note that I played when I didn't use that actually was better than like RF uh, uh, I, I switch on it. Because like you know, up to that point, all my systems I had the the NES, the, the Atari, the Super NES, they were all RF switches. And the PlayStation was the first system I had that actually had a, like a better video, like video inputs. Well, the um, SNES and all that still had the it, AV it multi out. It had it, but I never used it. That's the difference. Mm. Because in those days, because in those days it was very expensive. Whereas your RF switch was your RF switch came with the system and was very cheap. So oh, um, see, I didn't know, I didn't know any of the. But the PlayStation. PlayStation, the model I had, you had you had both composite and component uh, plugs on the back. So, um, so I uh, so I used like uh, composite put plugins, and I was really impressed like how good that it looked. I mean, there wasn't RF switch available like available for PlayStation, like like people had older TV sets. Mm-hmm. Um, but but out of the box, the, out of the box, this, 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 uh, the system came with AV cables to just put like you know component play. So. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I mean, um, I have a CRT in uh, my room. Uh, I have a game room and I have my room. And in my room, I have the older stuff in there. And I'm using a CRT still, but it's a flat screen CRT. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I play PlayStation. I play PlayStation 2, Dreamcast and all that. And it still looks nice on the TV. Like, you know, it's 
crisp and clear. And the problem is if you jump over to an HD TV, even if you upscale, it's going to look pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem. But um, yeah, no, I, it's, it still looks good. Like I'm still impressed with PlayStation two games. Um, if you're going to sit down and tell me that a PlayStation two game is looks horrible. Like what are you, what are you, what are you doing? You're like looking at the graphics. I mean, some games don't look that great. I'll give you that. But PlayStation two games in general look amazing. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with you on PS two games. Like, I think PS two games, most of those games look very well. Like, most of those games look very good. I mean, but for the original PlayStation, uh, because of the uh, because of early because of early cell shaded models that they used and whatnot, um, the podcast let you know the podcast I listen to um, I, I listen to quite a lot uh, to really enjoy that have actually caused that that have actually caused most that have actually caused most PlayStation game games as having like you know Dorito graphics because of the because of those like weird shapes and models that they used that they used that they used that they used to yeah, like those early games so I. Um, but yeah, it's also it's also interesting. To, it's also interesting to see just how just just how much of a difference there was in the PS2, the PS1, and PS2 as far as the graphics went, because like you know because that the yeah, better processor that the PS2 had, uh, like and everything. But you realize Doritos are tasty, right? <laughs> yes, they are tasty. They're very good. So that means the PlayStation <laughs> has tasty graphics. Case closed. <laughs> well, uh, do you have anything else to say about the PlayStation? Just the fact that, you know, I actually predicted, not to be my own drum, but I actually predicted all the way back, like, in 91, that I thought Sony would eventually enter the, like, enter the game market, like, on their own. He was like, you know, I'm thinking about going, like, Sony's a very powerful, powerful, successful company. They've got their, they, uh, they, uh, they got their feet wet uh, making games and making hardware parts, for, like, for the people, like, Sega and Nintendo. I mean, like, you know, I think eventually the day's going to come, like, and they're going to come out with their own game system. And years later, I was right. So the PlayStation came out, and Sony did not do anything half-assed. They came out with a huge budget to market the PlayStation. They uh, there are there are numerous books and articles out there about this, which I highly recommend you reading if you want to. If, if you if they want more in-depth, like want more in-depth history about like about the launch of PlayStation. But they went out of the way to court like the court developers uh, to get this, this, you know, to. Like you know, to butter up the major companies to carry the to, to carry the console, they spent a hundred million dollars. Uh, they allocated a hundred million dollars for budgeting uh, and advertising alone at that first launch year, Word. which was like double what Atari could play, uh, 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 I could afford to spend on the Jaguar. So they came to this with a huge war chest, and they took a uh, huge advantage of it because Sony, because Sony, they played the PlayStation was the, the PlayStation was far and away the number one seller. Um, uh, uh, like a generation, and Sony dominated the game market really up until about I'd say, even when the Xbox came out, uh, Sony still had an edge on the, uh, still an edge on sales. They didn't lose their market share lead until after the Xbox 360, uh, like the Wii came out. Mm. So like for a long time, they were the top dog in the market. Um, and it's like you know they also Microsoft took Microsoft took a page from them when they came out with their own Xbox several years later. Out, uh, like what to do and how to do it successfully. So, uh, so I don't think so. So I don't think Microsoft would have even come out with a game console if Sony had come out with theirs, uh, because Sony approved had proved like approved that could be very successful as long as you're willing to spend the money on it. And, and that's really what it is these days. Like you know, can't launch a system unless you have like major, major, major hundreds of millions of dollars uh, behind you to back it up. So 
Um, it's really, it's really a fascinating, uh, it's really a fascinating history uh, as to how Sony uh, uh, came out the PlayStation for PlayStation specs and how they got the system out there in the market and how it, like how it became like you know popularly accepted. I remember seeing there were tons of commercials for like, PS games, tons. Whereas, whereas you know, I probably saw. Three times as many commercials of the commercial PlayStation PlayStation games that they did for the NES, uh, like sorry, uh, like Nintendo, like everybody else combined. Right. So I mean, they were uh, their, their their whole marketing campaign was also their whole marketing campaign was also aimed was also aimed like toward adults. Uh, they advertised all their games as being like you know adult and edgy and like you know like being mature, like on the edge. They were very in your face. Sega tried this also, but but Sony was a lot more successful in doing this marketing strategy, I think. Um, and really, and really, a lot of these games for the PlayStation were adult games. There were not very many kiddie games like for it. So um, Sony's like Sony knew what market they wanted to target from day one, and they went after it, and they, and they were very successful in doing so. Uh, one of the biggest uh, series of commercials I remember is the uh, Crash Bandicoot ones. Oh yeah, they advertised the heck out of that. Yeah, and. Uh, this guy was dressed up like Crash Bandicoot, and he would bother. Uh, there was some of them where he was just traveling around or whatever, but there was ones where he was bothering like Nintendo or whatnot, and say, "Well, PlayStation's <laughs> better than your console." Yeah, that was a great commercial. I don't see Mario doing this. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, uh, even PlayStation Three um, commercials were pretty good too. Uh, PS Four wasn't really many it's just mostly what i've seen is just mostly like destiny commercials and whatnot yeah yeah tv game commercials are kind of like you know like uh kind of a thing in the past because nowadays companies can just like you know do their advertising like online well the thing is um most of these people who are playing games aren't really watching tv that much like tv true has been dying cable yeah. tv has been dying for a while now um, and uh, it's just not worth it to put out as many commercials because not everyone's really watching TV anymore. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, I was a big Sony supporter, like, for a long time, um, you know, because I, um, you know, like, you know, I'd grown up as a Nintendo kid and, I, you know, I really was like a Nintendo fanboy. But when I finally came over to the PlayStation in, like, 98, um, like I said, you know, I had a lot more games and spent a lot more time playing the PlayStation than I did playing anything else. Boy. And, you know, the PS2... PS2, the PS2 I bought, the PS2 I bought, the PS2 like I bought launch day. That's the only system I've actually bought launch day. Like everything else I've waited. So that's how much I wanted that system. And, you know, I, and, and like I say, you know, I, the only reason I went with the Xbox 360 as opposed to the PS3 was just the fact that I thought the, you know, three, you know 360 had a better controller and it, and I just thought the system had a few more pluses to it. Well, the, the system was much cheaper as well. Yeah. So, you know, I have nothing against Sony. Um, you know, I may get a PS4 eventually, like one of these days. So, you know, because, um, like, you know, I think Sony being in the market is a good thing. And, and like, you know, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what other things Sony can, um, you know, Sony can, you know, Sony can, you know, Sony can like come out with because I enjoyed, uh, because I had a PSP like for a while also, which I really like enjoyed. So, um, you know, and I still have a, like, you know, and a, um, compared to many of their uh, home electronic stuff, um, you know, where I think. Sony's had a lot of problems with TVs and VCRs and DVD players and whatnot, not not being as good quality they used to be. Mm. But the game consoles are still, you know, the game consoles are still like rock solid. Well, and that's the thing is that's that's the majority of their uh, 
their money right there is the game. Their income these days, yes. Yeah. Uh, back during the height of the PlayStation, PlayStation days in the early 2000s, I remember reading reports saying that their that their that their game division was responsible for the game the game division responsible for, for responsible for bringing in something like 40 percent of all Sony's profits. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's funny though, because I believe Sony started out as a rice cooker manufacturer. They did. Yes. <laughs> there needs to be a rice cooking game on the PS4. <laughs> Happy 20 years, PlayStation. Yeah. 20 so. years of PlayStation in North America. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you saw those, yeah, you saw those limited edition PS4, uh, PS4s, the uh, PS4s with that came out recently, right? The 20th anniversary ones. Yeah. I have the 20th anniversary headset. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Very nice looking systems. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to go back to the white or the gray though. You know, at least for the current console design, it doesn't work. Color, color doesn't matter. Yeah, colors never bother me. It's like you know, yeah, like it'd be like you know, like puke green as far as I care. As long as it plays games, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Make it glow in the dark. Well, the PS4 is glow in the dark because I have an arrest mode right now and it's just glowing orange. But um, yeah. Well, uh, anything else you have to add on? Um. The compatibility of games over the systems is kind of interesting. I think. I, I mean, you may know more. Like, you may know more about this than I do, George. But like, um, uh, but like, uh, the early, but the early models, the PS3 also like also allowed you to play PS1 games on it. And Actually, all play- models of the PlayStation Three are. I thought uh, they changed you- that later on. No, that take. was PlayStation Two games. So what it was originally was the original model of the PlayStation Three was able to play. PlayStation games and PlayStation 2 games, and that was all hardware emulation. Okay. Then to cut costs, they cut that out, and it was software emulation of PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 games. And then to save even more money and lower the price of the PS3, they cut out the PlayStation 2 emulation completely, and it was still just PlayStation games. I don't know why that was just huh. easy to keep in there, but... It's like, um, like I have the, the first slim model of mm. the PlayStation three and it only plays PlayStation and PlayStation three games. Well, the PS one was a better console, uh, as far as sales and games went for it, just like the PS two was. Uh, so I think Sony just realized there's probably like more PS one games out there in the wild. So just, just simple, like economic decision. I guess. I mean, I know it was like to help cut costs because the console was like 700 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, putting that hardware in there is expensive back mm-hmm. then. Um, I mean, you could get one with the hardware emulation uh, for about 150 bucks, and I've been—I was thinking of doing it, but I'm not sure because I have mm-hmm. like three or four different PlayStation Twos. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what about the PS4? Does that have any kind of backward compatibility with PS1 games? No. What it no. does is uh, they have this. The streaming service PlayStation Now, and you're able to play right. yeah. specific PlayStation 3 games. Yes. But there was a leaked photo that came out where um, there was like this weird menu, and there was a <laughs> bunch of PlayStation 2 games loaded onto a PlayStation 4, and people were saying that it was going to be uh, uh, rumor was going around that it was going to be for the 3.0 update that came out recently, but that didn't see the light of day. So we're still wondering what's going on because there is a picture from the ps4 that has playstation 2 games on it so we we might have playstation 2 backwards compatibility 
sometime <laughs> in the future. Right. Which is amazing, hmm. to be honest. I would yeah, love to play a PlayStation 2 game on my PS4. Speaking about, like, yeah, speaking about, like, yep, so speaking about, like, as far as the compatibility goes, uh, uh, George, you know, I think maybe it might be helpful for this, you know, help you, helpful for the people, for the people out there listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, you're talking about the current state of emulation as far as, like, like as far as the PlayStation games goes. Um, like, you know, like you tell me, like, off mic, like, about the best emulator to use for this. Yeah, um, the best emulator, I believe it's EXP. Oh, what is it? It's a bunch of letters. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best, but I know that they're still updating it and they're still doing their best. But uh, PS2, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2 emulation have been out for quite some time now. Yes, and it it's, it's, it's very stable. Um, I remember first emulating a PlayStation 2 game and it wasn't, too too great but it's it's very very stable now uh if you have the the power you can use directx 11 to render everything if you wanted to but you can still use directx 9 it's still looks great um yeah no it's very easy you just need to find the disk files which i believe isn't so hard um but emulation for there's emulation for psp let's put mm. it this way emulation yeah. for psp is very easy now and they're yeah. they're uh they have a very very stable version of an mm. emulator um yeah. that's that's how far emulation has come we have emulation for ps3 it's mm. very unstable and it doesn't work with everything it barely works but we have the playstation <laughs> 3 emulation as well yeah uh, which is awesome yeah, that's amazing. And like you know, um, and if you want the physical discs, uh, this is like, um, yeah, like if you're a collector, this is time to go out there and buy PS One games because you can get most of the library for very very cheap. Like right, cheap like right now. I mean, like you know, I see I see all the time, and like you know, like a um, uh, like news game stores or like online and whatnot. Most most PS One libraries available for like five ten bucks. Um, uh, and I don't know what stores you're looking at, but some do go for there are some, some money. There, yeah, yeah. Some of the more rarer games and the RPGs, of course, will command like more money. But, mm. um, but yeah, but yeah, um, we're starting to see nostalgia for the system because because that because it's been out there for 20 years and yes. like um, a lot of people, a lot of people, and a lot of the old timers are still probably are still probably uh, butt sore about actually considering the PlayStation to be retro because like you know. This isn't came out because this is because of them because of them that this system came out I like they were adults. But I'm like, you know, the system's the system's twenty years old. If there's a human, like we don't have to date. So the PlayStation is technically officially retro as far as I'm concerned. We'll, so. we'll put it this way. Retronauts <laughs> has declared the Nintendo DS to be retro. Uh the PlayStation's retro. Yes, so this is definitely so this is definitely a retro system. Yes. But we're but we're starting to see Pretty soon, pretty soon, people right now, right now, right now, and I know this is my own podcast. The Super NES prices are crazy high right now. Yes, they of, are. Uh, because, yeah, because people who have the system as kids, they're now in their they're now in their late twenties and thirties, and they and they're, like they're settled down, they're stable, they have like good incomes, they can afford to go out there and buy these games and rebuild the collection uh, to relive those memories and nostalgia they had in the past. In a couple of years, this is going to be happening with PlayStation. Once those, oh no. Uh, 
but you know, once those kids who had PlayStation, people like of your age, George, uh, who grew up with PlayStation, they're going to be getting out there and driving up prices, prices too. I better go so, buy all the games right now. Yeah. Then. So yes, yeah, so if you want to collect the library, now is now is now is time to do so. I've been uh, I've been doing so for quite some time. So. Because, like I said, most of the libraries you can get for pretty like pretty reasonable prices. Now, as we said, the cases <sighs> the cases may not be in the best shape. A lot of, a lot of the cases are often damaged. Manuals manuals may be missing or whatnot. But um, yeah, but they uh, and they uh, obviously trying to get a, and obviously anybody anybody nuts enough anybody nuts enough to go after complete the complete collection for the U.S. is is crazy like like more power to you i say so. there's actually somebody who's collecting all ps2 games uh, on reddit and they're uh a decent amount the ps2 through. is a little bit the ps2 is even better to collect for right now because those prices because those prices are the, the prices are also like sort of like pretty cheap i've been paying so. like 50 bucks for like things like wild arms uh yeah three, there are there are of course three, always like going to be exceptions so, so <laughs> um but but you can get a pretty good library with the best games. The system, the system, the system, the system, seven hundred games, like about seven hundred games, um, like by breaking the bank. So, um, right. But uh, so yeah, if you want to collect, now's the time to do it before prices go up even higher. Yep, and they will eventually, and that's sad to say. But, uh, you know. Have you price shop systems systems recently, George? Like, PS2s idea. go for cheap. Okay, and Playstations go for cheap. Yeah, um, yeah. Because PS2 emulated the PS1 games perfectly, like when I remember. I never had any problems playing any PlayStation, PlayStation games like on my PS2. Uh, apparently, the slim PS2s have problems with emulation really? okay. on some games. So, so see the bad guys. Uh, this is more for like the PS2 episode, but like uh, I tried playing. Oh Jesus, what was it? WCW Thunder, which is a horrible game, but I tried <laughs> playing it anyway because I'm a loser, and. Um, not saying that WCW is bad. WCW is bad, but um, <laughs> uh, wrestling. But um, like the game ran at like f- I don't even know. It was like three hundred percent speed or something like that. And I don't wow. know. I don't know if it was like <laughs> uh, something with the PS2 to PS1 emulation mm-hmm. or or what. But I loaded the game back up again and like. So in that game, there there's FMV videos where like each wrestler you can pick would have like a little video you could play, and um, you know like like uh, I'm blanking out right now. Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, mm. rest in peace. He there would be a video for him, and he'd say, "Well, uh, oh, this guy said not to pick him, but you know what? Pick me, pick me. I'm the best. Pick me." And, uh, you know, that was running fine. But then when I got into the game, like, it was just like, what is going on? This game's running like <laughs> 5 million FPS. Hmm. So I don't know if that's uh, uh, an emulation glitch or what. I'll have to check that out on like a fat PS2 or something. Yeah, that's something we didn't talk about. Uh, low times on launch, low times like those launch, like those launch games, like it's very, very slow. Oh, yeah. But they, um, but their credit is developers got better with the system over the years. The load times got much better. But the thing uh, is, it's not that the load, it's not just that the load times were slow, it's that there were a lot of load times. Yes. But yeah, but yeah, toward the late, toward the late ends of the PlayStation, uh, uh, 
a library load the, the the load time's pretty good, I thought. Right. Um and the PlayStation PlayStation always had better load time if I compared to like the Sega C D, which is like notoriously slow. Oh god, um, no, that is horrible. I don't <laughs> even want to compare it to that. Like in the Neo Geo C D ROM would play with like single like single CD drive. Oh man. <laughs> the three DO's load time was pretty good. Yeah, yes it was. I actually have but, two three DOs. But uh yeah, no um <laughs> uh but yeah, going back to but yeah, like going back to the pricing, the pricing of the system. Um, I remember GameStop. Well, last time I was in GameStop, several like the GameStop like, uh, like a few months ago, uh, they were still selling refurbished refurbished PlayStation systems. I would never uh, buy from GameStop with like the, uh, I mean, you know, like a, uh, uh, like 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 a controller and all the hookups and everything for like forty bucks. So uh, I don't know how. So I'm not sure what prices of the systems go for on eBay these days, but. Uh, hold on. I'll check prices right now. PS One model is probably the PS One model is probably the ones you want to get anyway, unless you have a certain. Uh, I type PlayStation uh, wrong. <laughs> unless you have a certain nostalgia for the like the original, the original model, and to be and actually, I thought the PlayStation was a very well designed console. That was a that was a that was a sexy looking console. That was a. That was a very nice, nice, slim, attractive design. I thought. Okay, a loose PlayStation goes for twenty six dollars on average. Not bad. No, not at all. Uh, here's something interesting: the original controller, which is the one without the uh, thumbsticks or anything, that goes for four forty loose. I might have to go pick up one or two of those. Mm. And just to check the PlayStation Two. Uh, oh my. Uh, PlayStation 2 loose is $35. Yeah. Which is not bad. I no. mean, if you could get a console for less than 50 bucks, I'd say that's a deal anyway. Yes. Um, the thing is, I believe that the price has gone up because I remember paying less than that for mm. PS2 with games. Well, unfortunately, that is the drawback. The main drawback about these like CD-based systems. Eventually, eventually, like eventually systems are going to fail. Uh, because they have a lot more like working like working parts, uh, like like moving gears and gears and yeah. stuff in them. So eventually, so eventually, are so like eventually are. I mean, obviously, eventually all consoles, like all consoles, like going to fail. But the lifespan of CD based systems is going to be shorter than anything like you know like pre CD uh, days because of the uh, just just because simply there's a lot more like gears and parts moving in it. Right. Well. I- should I ask you again? Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> I th- no, I think it's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, okay. I have something to say. I, I like the PlayStation. There you there's, go. Yeah, there's a lot to like about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure thing. All right. Well, uh, just want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, if you wish to contact me, which I don't know why you would, <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chief. That's at M I S T U R C H E E F. Greg, are you on Twitter? No, I'm not. Good. Uh, I <laughs> um, I have a smartphone. I should get into that one of these days. I I, I just never have had a, like a need to. But uh, yeah. um, no, if somebody but no, but no, if somebody wants to reach me, um, you know. I, um, you know, I can be found on Facebook, like on the Super NES podcast page, like and also the PlayStation page that George very kindly made up. Yes. Um, and you can also send me an email directly to the SNES podcast at, podcast at yahoo.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's how you can reach me. 
All right, I guess it's safe to say that you're the host of the SNES podcast. <laughs> yes, I am. So the Super NES, the Super NES, is my favorite. The Super, Super NES, is my second favorite system of all time. Uh, the, the PlayStation, the, uh, the original PlayStation, but the original, but the, the original PS, uh, like number three. So. Oh, it's number one. Oh, oh, the NES definitely. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because that was my. Yeah, because that was my main system as a kid growing up. So that's the so that's system, so that's the system, so that's the system I had the strongest nostalgia for, and it's right. the most time to play. Right. So, well, since we're plugging our podcast, uh, I also host the Master System Masterpieces podcast. Which, if you can't uh, guess what that's uh, about, that's about the Master System. Yeah, it wasn't that popular in North America, sadly, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but. It, yeah, but it does have a lot of like, great games to it, especially if we're going to include like European Japanese games. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they ported Ultima 4, which was a PC RPG. Uh, they ported that to uh, European consoles. I had to import it, but it's, it's sad that an American game wasn't on the American uh, Master System. <laughs> that is kind of funny, don't you think about it? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, uh, you can email this podcast, uh, PlayStation Power at theboxford.net. And uh, I think that's about it. So, Greg, thank you for coming on and talking to me. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Sure thing.